Hello and welcome to Life Without Limits, Planning with the PA Family Network. I'm Courtney Miles, and today I'm joined by Dr. Beth Barol. Dr. Barol has dedicated the past 46 years to serving and supporting people with intellectual and developmental and neurological differences who also have challenging behaviors and co-occurring mental health issues. Dr. Barol, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm really honored to be part of this. We're excited you're here. We're excited you're here. So today I know that we're going to be talking a little bit about trauma, how it affects us, what we can do to help mitigate that. Um, but before that, could you start by telling us just a little bit about yourself and all of the amazing work that you do? Well, I don't know how amazing it is, but thank you so much. Um, <laughs> I, I guess um, I came onto the trauma thinking uh, um, over 40 years ago um, because I was a live-in house parent, first with uh, adults coming out of an institution called Penhurst. It was mm. the first group home for men with challenging behaviors coming out. And then with children, uh, I opened the first group home for children in Montgomery County. And these were kids who were either going into an institution or coming out from an institution. So with today's eyes, we would say a lot of trauma in everyone's uh, experience there and what happened for me was um this was during a time in the 70s where people were saying um, we don't really know what trauma is and particularly it doesn't apply for people with intellectual mm. neurological differences um but my lived experience was <laughs> yeah it does absolutely it does and i got interested in looking at people's biographies and going back to pre-birth on the city what actually went on in that human being's life that made them see the world through the lens that they're looking through or be as highly reactive or shut down as they are? And I always found that there were significant events, everything from uh, illnesses to mm. different kinds of abuse to just living in a world with a neurological difference and no one ever matching up what your needs are to what your experiencing and when we addressed each of those issues personally we found wow people were doing neat stuff people were healing and growing but there's another slice of this i wanted to just mention and that was as being a caregiver myself living in um how stressful it was when I didn't understand what was going on, how I myself often lived in fear because I didn't know when someone was going to so-called freak out on me and start throwing things and hitting me and doing things like that, where they would fight with each other and all kinds of stuff going on. I felt completely um, unable to have an impact on my environment until I understood what this was. Mm. And then I found that by, by being a, a more consistent person by taking care of myself by toning down the expectations i got to see some progress and the other thing was to really pay attention to healthy lifestyle so mm. we'll talk more about this i guess but i just wanted to say that these were the elements that i as a direct supporter felt i could make more difference than probably anybody um because it's the moment to moment that is transformational that's interesting that 
that the concept was, and I, I'm sure still is to a degree that that people with intellectual or developmental disabilities can experience trauma and everything that goes with that. I, I guess going off of that, that's when people with intellectual developmental disabilities and their families still, when they hear the word trauma, they seldom think of themselves as being traumatized. They think of, you know, a car accident, a fire. They don't think of everything that the day-to-day life as, as, you know, you know, being a, a trauma. So, so what can you, what can you tell us about that? Oh, well, day-to-day life is what can do us in. So yes, we, yeah. we all know about war and earthquakes, and that's certainly big uh, and very important. But we see it, um, I take my own example. You know, I was a little kid born with some neurological differences, a speech impediment that was pretty significant, you know, auditory processing difference Mm -hmm. and in school my teachers would make fun of me and make me stand in front of the class and ask this class to tell me how to say it right and that mortified me and terrified me and had an impact that continues to this day that I give lots of talks but I have a panic before I have to give a talk because I start by flashing back to those opportunities and I had to do a lot of self-talk you got this, you got this. And I can only imagine what happens to a lot of folks out there, both the individuals that we're supporting and their families, when they're constantly barraged with, there's something wrong with you, or there's something wrong with your family members, or having to um, you know, rearrange things constantly because of glitches that happen that you don't expect. <laughs> to walk into a even a grocery store and find a lighting is driving people crazy. You know, I mean, that's that's the kind of constant on edge and hyper alertness that not only the, that, well, I'm just, I guess what I'm going to say is that the entire family system gets traumatized because we're all going through the same process. And so we have to wrap around everyone and say, we have to help the whole family system feel safe and secure and know what to do um, for their own benefit. So one of the things I think about uh, along those lines is, is, you know, in our day and age, we are barraged by stimulus and expectations. There's no such thing as being just to lay back, enjoy a day, spend a whole day cooking a meal. You know, you're just rushing off to doing things. You've got TV going in the background. You've got internet going. You know, people calling all the time. It's craziness. So that even without... Um, neurological differences at play, we're all having big issues around anxiety and stress and over demand. So of course, folks that have to take another couple steps to process their day are going to have even more signs and symptoms. Daily life is really doing some people in. And I think people need permission to say, whoa, whoa, I'm going to step back. I'm going to cut some stuff out that's not really that important so that we can live a happy life, you know? That's being able to take that step back and acknowledge that I think is, is where the challenge is for a lot of people. And I I know you talked a little bit about making sure that, you know, as a caregiver, as, as support system, as that family unit, you're taking care of yourself and that diet's really important. So, so what are some of the things our listeners and expanding on that can, can do to help themselves at home? Okay, great. Um, 
Well, the first one is uh, for, to take off the burden of of, of deadlines and timelines uh, mm-hmm. and achievements. Um, I often work with folks who have, you know, every 15 minutes supposed to be doing something. <laughs> and um, when people are wired up, they can't do it. They can't learn. You can put them through, you know, sit here and look at this, but they're not going to take it in unless they're in a relaxed state. So having a relaxed state comes first. And I often say if a person likes a warm bath and they're hyper all the time, give them a few warm baths in a day. Yeah, it takes up the time, but when they're with you, they're really with you. They can be really much more relaxed. And then comes the the, the second the next thing is diet, and you're right. And what I mean by that is a healthy food lifestyle. That we're hoping that people's brains will continue to grow and develop in um, satisfactory for themselves uh, pathways uh, throughout their lives. Uh, when I first started in the field, people said, "Ah, eh, brains don't keep developing past like age six. It's just like totally not true but <laughs> that's what people believed back then um but now we know that the brain continues to develop our whole lives maybe not as quickly as when we're little but they certainly do and you know we know that from a lot of the work done with people who've had strokes how people can come back to themselves in many ways and learn new mm. uh, skills um but it really can't happen if the building blocks aren't there. So if you can imagine, the brain is going to go on like a, an intense relearning focus, and it has to build new neuropathways. Mm. And if it doesn't have the right you know, uh, minerals and vitamins and healthy fats, um, it's not going to be able to do that uh, as quickly or at all. And if we're eating and drinking poisonous things, that's going to be undermining that whole process. So we're seeing a lot of folks that have brains that are literally starving. They don't have um, the healthy fats. They don't have um, all the different building blocks to get the, um, the neurons clicking and getting those little glial cells in there, we used to think they were just packing material in the brain, but they're actually fostering brain healing and growth. Um, mm. So we want to get them all up to speed. And we were knowing now that things like sugar and uh, ultra-refined foods are actually doing damage to the brain. If we're mm. having a lot of caffeine, for um people jumping up and down constantly that doing damage, certain kinds of medications that do damage. I mean, some medications, of course, are diagnostically driven and necessary, but many of them are mainly there to sedate. And many times that we have lifestyles that are pumping people up, they're drinking the caffeine, they're eating a lot of sugar, they're getting reinforced by jelly beans, you know, all that kind of stuff, pumping them up. And then we're putting on medications to sedate, and we wonder why the brain isn't able to learn from its experiences and organize its life around itself. Mm-hmm. So that's another aspect. And the other one is getting out and walking. 
the brain needs oxygen. The brain needs blood circulation. And so many people have become, you know, fixed in their seat, glued to media, um, and um, put your headphones on, listen to a, uh, a podcast, and get out and walk if you have to. There you, you know, go, right? Get out there and move, <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I live with a, a young woman who, um, at one point when um, she'd had a terrible trauma story. They come out of an institution, uh, have been sexually abused throughout her life, mm-hmm. could not speak, um, had lots of different um, issues and challenging behaviors. Um, when she came home after a day of day program, she would just jump up and down, break things, just be a hot mess, screaming all the time. And what we did was we gave her a healthy snack when she walked in the door then. And then mm. went outside and walked for an hour. And um, on a on a rainy day, we had a little small trampoline in the house, and we would take turns jumping. She'd take a longer turn than me, but I wanted to make sure <laughs> we were doing it together. And we found that made a radical difference in how she was the rest of the evening. If we got her a chance to work that stress out and clean out her body by moving and oxygenating her brain, big difference. And we got her to a point where she wasn't screaming at all. We could figure out what's really going on with her, and we could help her on a healing path. So I, 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 that's something that we all have in our hands as caregivers, and our uh, the pressures in daily life make us either forget it or not learn it or move past it and think it's relatively insignificant. But it, it is major. So it comes back to those those building blocks that that all of us really should be hopefully doing a little bit more of, and and it's just across the board. I guess it helps with everything the the diet, yeah. the taking care of yourself, and the getting outside. Yeah, and I want to say here that um, this is a, a a tough topic in, mm. in this day and age. You know, people um, often are wondering, "Am I?" thinking about things like body shaming or just certain kinds of body types that we want. Um, that's not where I'm coming from at all. I love all kinds of body types. I think people are beautiful, whoever they are. I just want every little cell in that body to be healthy. <laughs> so yeah. we're making the choices that no matter what, that, 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 that human being feels good in their own body and is not driven by such discomforts and you know, out of balance that they ended up having not control over what they can control in their life. You know, some things we're not going to be able to get control over. So let's make sure we control what we can. Yeah, that's a that's an important point to, to mention. And 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 going off that, I, trauma in general is, is very difficult topic to tackle, as as you very well know. So so I appreciate you taking the time to come on here and and tell us how we can kind of help with that a little bit and and start to to have those conversations a little more often. Oh, good. And I think, you know, people need to talk um, and not just be in isolation. Families, unfortunately, often end up very isolated nowadays. And, you know, they're full-time focus on their family members and there's no break for the parents. There's no... Mm. Uh, so I think support groups, people coming together and switching off a little bit of time and responsibility, vital. People need a break 
it's, that's so important. Um, one thing that I think is so important is that the more we can diminish the randomness in life, the better. I mean, there's always a lot of randomness. Mm. But people really need predictability. Um, they need their, um, their brains are searching for what's next because safety is dominant. Staying alive is dominant. And if we don't feel like we know what's next, our brains are working overtime and we can be um, very tense, um, hyper alert, and our thinking ability sh shut down. And this is true for caregivers as well. That when we're tense, we're not creative. We're not able to go with the movement. We're like very, we're often very rigid and achy and, you know, explosive, unfortunately. Um, I know how that feels. I, mean, I used to go to bed at night when I was living with a lot of these folks without a day off um, for months. And I cried myself to sleep because I was so afraid I'd lose my temper. Mm. And that really, that, calls me stress so it's like all this happens the more we can kind of see if we can't build a social circle around the family so someone dips in and be the uh, can be a good aunt or you know a good friend or something like that to give us a break or at least have someone we can chat with that chat with that kind of diminishes a lot of that extra stress the other thing to think about is stigma Let's shake mm. that off, guys. You know, we're all people. We're all doing the best we can. We shouldn't feel you know, guilty or shamed because we're different. I mean, we're all important. I mean, look at some of the folks in this world who are supposedly on top of the world. Oh, I wouldn't want to be like them, and I would. <laughs> I don't want Gosh, to be now. Right. Wow. So, we, you know, everybody is precious, and we should not be embarrassed or ashamed. If we could just go out into the world, and and I see this a lot because, for example, like uh, if I see a woman with a baby in a carriage that clearly has some kind of difference, I'll go over and I'll make a fuss over that baby because that's a wonderful baby, and the mother will often, if I look up, she'll often be in tears because people usually ignore her baby. Really? And wow. so we, we really need as a society to wrap around each other as well and um, keep this as a, a, a speaking point. How do we cherish each other? When I was talking about predictability, I went off on a tangent. I know that. But that's okay because I'm, I'm getting older. I'm allowed to do tangents, right? So that's okay. <laughs> hey, it's a lot um, of good information. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> I just let's go back to predictability and giving the brain a break. If I know that every day breakfast is at seven and I'll sit down and I'll have a nice little breakfast, um, it'll be something I like. It'll be something that's good for me. You can change up. Do you put apples in the oatmeal or not? You know, you can change. You can't be flexible about what you're eating there, but that the timing is there. That 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 it will be something that is enjoyable and healthy is there. If we can predict these kinds of things, that from there we're going to do a breathing exercise, mm -hmm. take some deep breaths together, and then we're going to uh, 
go for a walk around the block just to make sure that we're really on a low rev before we do the next thing. When we have that little block that's predictable, we can be more, a little more creative and variant a little after an hour or two after that. Then we come back to another predictability. We're going to eat lunch at noon. You don't have to worry about whether you're going to get lunch. It's going to be at noon. We're going to sit in this nice little place typically. And as the more we can get that um, de-escalation by routine, the more creative we can be in the other pieces of the day. Mm-hmm. The more the person can develop some tolerance for some change. Now that's different from being um, imprisoned by routines other people make for us. It's it's they really need to be what the all the individuals need and want, and how we can help that grow. Yeah. I've done a lot of work in different kinds of facilities where there is no choice. The routines are not built around that human being, but rather about schedules and all that kind of stuff. That's not what I'm talking about. No. I I would imagine that wouldn't work very well. Right. Well, this was wonderful. Um, I I appreciate you joining us and and tackling these things that we, you know, are, we so often don't think about as much as maybe we should. Um, So, so again, thank you for taking the time to share your knowledge and expertise with us. Thank you. And this one last shot is that I hope people are constantly building joy in whatever they're Mm -hmm. doing singing dancing good music all kinds of stuff all that is so important for all of us wonderful thank you and then just lastly um i i'd like to mention our summits coming up next month we have we have again another series of summits this time focused on wellness and resilience um it's it's all happening the last two weekends in june uh we're five places across the state from 1.30 p.m. till 8 p.m., so very friendly, family-friendly hours, and we hope that you'll be able to join us. Uh, For more information about that and to register for whatever summit is closest to you, visit us at www.pafamilynetwork.org backslash C-E. And Dr. Barol, thank you once again. Thank you for joining us for the Life Without Limits podcast, Planning with the PA Family Network. We hope that you'll join us again to hear from more individuals. If you'd like to get in contact with us, we can be reached at 1-844-PA-FAMILY or on the web at visionforequality.org.